inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding, that's saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, that's saved, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. It took uh, one commercial break, and not even the whole commercial break, uh, for us to uh, find out that Chris Chapman owes myself a lunch because of something that he just throws out there, and I challenged it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it's over. That's uh, what we'll get to as part of our number two, is uh, bringing to you the latest information on fact-checking one Chris Chapman. And I, I do not proclaim to be right all the time. In fact, uh, I, I've got a sketchy record on my own side, but I just don't throw things out there like Chapman does. And uh, once again, he was wrong. Uh, we have uh, uh, game number three of the Stanley Cup final also to come, plus uh, one-timers from the National Hockey League and some interesting uh, developments uh, coming up uh, to talk about. Uh, one thing that I would love to get uh, your opinion on, there's the Jack Eichel conversation that we talked about a little Mm -hmm. bit yesterday in relation to the Nashville Predators positioning themselves for a potential run at the Buffalo Sabre forward. They have cap space. uh, They have some prospects that they could flip over. Uh, There's a lot to, and they have a general manager who loves the big deal in, in David Poyle. But Jack Eichel isn't the only superstar that could be had in this offseason. Seth Jones and the situation with the Columbus Blue Jackets is intriguing because in a year's time, he has one more year left on his contract. He said that he's going to play out his contract with Columbus and test free agency. Given what's happened in Columbus with all the players that have left via free agency, and I don't blame them what they did a couple of years ago in holding on to the, to the athletes uh, for a run because they had a really good team. And I thought uh, it, I loved seeing a team push their chips all in. But now it's different. Now, given what they've uh, gone through, new coach, uh, John Davidson is back. They're doing a retool. Uh, I think that somebody's going to make a big push for Seth Jones right now. Mm-hmm. And it uh, could happen at the draft. It could happen in the summer. But I think there's a very good possibility that Seth Jones is playing elsewhere next year. If your team A, B, or C... And I can't tell you exactly because I don't want to go down the path of uh, of like singling out whether it be the National Predators or the Vegas Golden Knights or the uh, Los Angeles Kings. But if you could choose between these two players, you've got the defenseman and Seth Jones, who could be just at the start of an arc towards incredible numbers and ability and performance in the National Hockey League. He's already a a number one defenseman. Or you have Jack Eichel, who arguably has underachieved, but his team is certainly underachieved, and he's he's played for 25 coaches in four years. Uh, where, Where are you guys on who you would take if you had the choice between Seth Jones and Jack Eichel? Yeah. So for me, 
it's it's nuanced as these things always are, right? Because I, I do think when you look at individual teams, if you're asking for individual teams, it changes based on where you think the most pressing need is. But if we're taking that out of the equation, you're looking at a, a number one defenseman who's very, very good, or you're looking at potentially an elite number one center who I believe could be over 100 points a year in the right situation with the right team and healthy. The biggest question mark for me when it comes to Jack Eichel right now is health. Is he going to be healthy, and what kind of a player is he going to be once he returns to full health? Those are huge question marks, and I think the prudent, responsible thing to do would be Seth Jones. There's proof of concept. You know exactly what he is. And to be completely honest with you, there's no underlying injury that you have to worry about. That being said... I'm a swing for the fences type of guy. I want the biggest payout that I can possibly get. I would lean toward Jack Eichel because I think he's generational at at he, or let me let me rephrase that. I think he's absolutely elite and in the right situation he's going to pay out dividends. Um just so Seth Jones though is certainly the more responsible decision at this point in time. What about you Chapman? Well, I'm I'm a huge Seth Jones fan, so for me this was a little bit easier. And and yeah, it's responsible, prudent, and all that. But of of the the two, if I know that I'm getting a healthy Jack Eichel, then it's really not much of a discussion. But there's a lot of question marks around Jack Eichel, so for me, I would take the safe way. I'm going to go with Seth Jones, and like you mentioned, Darren, he could be on a trajectory that that just only goes up. I mean. He played 60 minutes in that five-overtime playoff game last year. 60 minutes. That's, that's, that's unbelievable for a guy to play 60 minutes in, in one game. And he came back, and he, he had no problems the following game. So clearly, clearly he is one of the elite defensemen in the league. But if I know I got a clean bill of health with Jack Eichel, that's, that's the direction I'm going. I don't know if I'm getting that, so I'll take the safe way out, and I'll go with, with Seth Jones. I think there's questions about Jack Eichel, whether you got a clean bill of health or not. I think that's fair. I think that's a very fair fair question. Now, the, the gamble it could, could pay off big time, and I wouldn't fault any team for taking the gamble on Jack Eichel. That's I think a lot of it depends on your situation, too. I mean, if you have... If you're in win-now mode, I think you absolutely take that gamble. Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't necessarily view Jack Eichel as this completely underperforming or underwhelming player. I think that he's had uh, some tough breaks in terms of some injuries, and I, I also think that he has been in an organization that hasn't been able to get out of their own way and figure out how to put the right pieces around him. So I... Like, I don't think that the question marks are, are necessarily where they should be or fair with Jack. I get them. I, I do. I understand it. But I think this is a player that, with a change of scenery, is ready to explode and become what we think he was going to be when he was drafted. Jack Eichel has left me wanting more. Has he been dealt a bad hand by the turnover and the instability of the Buffalo Sabres? For sure. But, and and look, Connor McDavid's the best player in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he hasn't been able to will his team uh, into the playoffs every year. And 
it, and there's been disappointment along the way, even if they've, they've got to the playoffs. So I, I understand that, that hockey is a very unique sport, in unlike basketball, where the superstar uh, isn't as important to team success or influential on team success as, as, the, uh, as the other sports. But, but I still think that, that Jack Eichel could have had a bigger impact on the game. Than we've than we've seen. Well, well, the team success hasn't been there for the Oilers. We we know what uh, what Connor's done. Uh, in in but in in fairness, like Jack Eichel's not Connor McDavid, right? Nope. Like so so we have to divorce the fact that we would like more from Jack Eichel to kind of con, uh, to, to comparing that with what Connor's been able to do individually and and the amount of points that he's been able to put up. But like when you look at the numbers for Jack Eichel. He has steadily increased his goal scoring output every single year that he's been in the league. Uh, he's he's getting better and he's finding ways to you know that like to me he's improved every year, right? So like out of a player that you that you are looking to be your best player to get steady improvement year after year after year is important, especially on a team that has been terrible year after year after year. And in fairness to Jack Eichel. He's not playing with another MVP on his team either. I mean, he does not have his Leon Dreisaitl. No, he he doesn't have anybody. So, you're back into Eichel. Like I said, if I know I have a clean bill of health, that's the guy. I don't know I'm getting that, so I think there's a lot less questions about his game than there is his health. Like I think if he's fully healthy and he's in the right situation, he'll be absolutely amazing but he hasn't had that i like seth jones i think i think he's a he's a safe bet i i think there's really only one one direction you go with him and that's up mm-hmm. eichel the reason i, I, I just it don't know is is because there's so much focus on jack eichel right now and could somebody swoop in and make the acquisition of the offseason by acquiring seth jones <clears throat> could 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 that particular uh transaction be the story uh, of this offseason. Now, the, I can see the Golden Knights absolutely kicking tires on Jack Eichel, trying to figure out if there's a way to make that work. That one mm-hmm. for sure. No, n- there's no reason to go on Seth Jones. You've already got all that. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the Jack Eichel, that's where it gets into team situation and uh, and where you are in with, with your program. Uh, th- there's no decision to be made between the two for the Vegas Golden Knights, but for a lot of other teams, there is, and and you you might have to try and decide where your uh, where your preference is. Well, in you know, we talked about the Nashville Predators right earlier on this week, in, in relation to Jack Eichel, to me, it wouldn't make any sense to go after Seth Jones because you look at the defense core of the National Predators with Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis and Matthias Eckholm, like they're stacked. They are very, very good from the back end. So to me, when you look at and assess the the Nashville Predators, a center is is really where they need to improve their team. So I think it, it changes based on what teams we're talking about here. But again, in if if you're asking me what I want to do on on you know, on free agency day or, or via trade, whatever it is. If I'm trying to make the biggest impact, I'm going with the player that I think has the biggest potential impact, and that's Jack Eichel over Seth Jones all day long. The free agent crop at center ice for this offseason is not overwhelming. 
So the Golden Knights would like to, or people, uh, fans, uh, supporters, would like to see the Golden Knights improve their center ice position. I think that's been Mm -hmm. a very uh, consistent refrain uh, since elimination from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Is the answer going to free agency? Is the answer in Jack Eichel? And now you're going to have to give up some stuff there. Uh, Or is the answer in-house and you can find a way to make it work? And if the number one center, and let's, let's go down this exercise right now. Is the number one center of the Vegas Golden Knights for next year already with the organization? Do we think that's the case? No. Um, I don't. No, the number one center could be Chandler Stevenson, Ryan. The number one center could also be William Carlson. Mm -hmm. And you could put him in there. Now, there's the off chance that you go with a, with a Peyton Krebs or a Cody Glass or something uh, off the board. But we didn't see it a lot this year. But during the in the bubble, it was William Carlson. Would that be enough to uh, quiet the urgency around the, the perceived need for a number one center, Ryan? I don't think so. Uh, I think that right now, and and you know when when you lose short of your goal, it automatically becomes how do we lose? How can we fix it? And you look at the Golden Knights; they've got really good, really good wingers, elite wingers. They've got fantastic defensemen. They've got great goaltending, elite goaltending. But down the middle, even though Chandler Stevenson fits with Pacioretty and Stone, it, you don't have that number one center, that 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 Sidney Crosby or that Connor McDavid or that Austin Matthews mm-hmm. that strikes that fear every time they're on the ice that they can create something out of nothing. So I think the appetite right now is we want an elite number one center. I think that's what the appetite is with the fan base, 100%. So could... Could you swing William Carlson or Chandler Stevenson? Yeah, you could. Like, the Golden Knights can roll everything back just the way it was this year, and they'll still make the playoffs next year because I just think that they're a good, solid hockey team. But that being said, um, I, I I think that if that the appetite's there for something new in that spot, and maybe that's Peyton Krebs. Maybe that's Cody Glass getting another opportunity. Like, I don't know, but... If you if you're asking me right now, I think that the the number one center is with the team right now. I just don't know if it's the player you're thinking of. The the elite number one center, I I don't outside of Jack Eichel, I I don't know where you find that elite number one center for next year because it's not in the free agent crop. No, I've looked at that list. There's not a lot. It's of, underwhelming, isn't it? Oh, it's 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 like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so it has to happen through a trade, and then you have to make the well, which which may have to happen anyway because uh, of dollars and and salary cap. That something may have to go out. That may be the uh, a blessing uh, that there's not just simply free agency uh, because we we saw what the acquisition was Petrangelo, and then you had to make uh, a, a couple of corresponding moves uh, to to sh- to shed some salary. Uh, so, I if you're talking elite number one center. I don't think mm-hmm. it's there. If you want a really not, good not number one agency. center, I think it's available. 
in in free agency or via trade? Uh, more via trade. Yeah, and I think you can get a good number one. Uh, William Carlson is a good good center. Mm-hmm. Is he elite? Yeah. No, he just doesn't put up enough points to be elite. But between everything that he does on your team, uh, I think he's really good center between the PK and the uh, and and being able to play in your power play, and and play five on five, really good centerman. But if it, you got to have somebody as good as that on your second line to make it work, uh, if you're going to talk about uh, great uh, presence down the middle. You you can get you can get around it, and they did that th- this year and had great success with Chandler Stevenson. And I'm not writing off Chandler Stevenson, but the exercise here is the the biggest perceived need for this team is is better talent at center ice. I don't know whether it's there. Now I don't know if if the Golden Knights will be able to to take advantage of a team that is looking at too many players or they're, they're, they're going to have to make decisions when it comes to protect players. Like, obviously, if the guy's an elite number one center, he's going to be protected. Yeah. But it makes me wonder if Kelly and George have the capability to find this diamond in the rough like they, like they did with Chandler Stevenson, and they can go out and make a move with a team and, and find a guy who they feel can fit that role of a number one center who we, we're not even thinking of right now as, as that guy. But diamond in the rough doesn't so, qualify for this exercise. No, no, but it's no, it's not the, out of the realm of possibility that they do that either. So, like in in looking at it, right? Like I think the the free agent crop, and and this is where it stands right now. If you're just looking at point production from this season, David Krejci is is certainly yeah. the best available option, right? Mm-hmm. But David Krejci is not at a point where he can be a team's number one center. Like, he, could he come here and have great chemistry with Pacioretty and, and Stone? Perhaps, but it's it's not that that next-level player that you're looking for. Alexander Wenberg is next, and, you know, that kind of fits your diamond-in-the-rough theory, Chapman. Yeah, um, had a good year in Florida. Goals, 17 goals in 56 games. But again, like, that's one of those situations where you're essentially bringing in, like, a 2-3 center, and you're looking for a true number one center. Yeah, I don't right? look at uh, see, that, fit, that fits the the William Carlson. Like William Carlson would be yeah, one hundred percent, right? Yeah, and I don't 100%. look at Renberg and say yeah. he's a number one center. No, 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 no. But it, like at the same time, we we didn't look at William Carlson year one and that's say true. that's a number yeah. one center, right? And and I think you know year one, one hundred percent William Carlson, forty three goals, number one center, absolutely phenomenal year. But in the years since, we have come to understand exactly what William Carlson is. A solid center, right? A, a, a solid second-line center. Mm-hmm. And I think for the Golden Knights, the, the question is, can you, can you have a bunch of solid second-line centers all throughout your lineup, or do you need a true number-one center? Do you need a guy that can go out there and take over a game from the middle of the ice? Do you need that? I think Chandler Stevenson is... Uh, the top line center on the Vegas Golden Knights because of how much they get out of Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone when yeah. compared to when he's not in the lineup. That's where I think Mark Stone is a number one line center. I don't think he's a number one center, but I think he's a first line center because they are so much better. And I'm talking about the the, the two wingers with him 
than without him. Mm-hmm. But that for this exercise, we're talking about number one centers. Chandler Stevenson's not that. Like, uh, good. Continue with with the pointals. Like Paul Stasny's in that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's yep. there's now the the knock on Paul Stasny's not quick enough. Uh, right. But and and you could bring you could easily bring Paul Stasny back. He loves the the, the Vegas Golden Knights. You could probably bring him back on a, on a decent dollar too. But it still doesn't answer your number one center. And right. and and that's the point is I'm not sure that the number one. Well, I, I would. I will say the number one center is not available via free agency. It's just no. There's nobody available. So then you have to go out and trade. Uh, uh, can you do that? Maybe. But then you get into uh, if the guy's a number one center, he's going to be paid Jack Eichel ten million bucks. Mm-hmm. How, how do you make that work? Well, you got to subtract, right? Like you you have to move out pieces. We we saw it last year with Alex Petrangelo. Like to bring in a player of Petrangelo's caliber, you had to lose something off of your current roster. So for the Golden Knights, if you if you are looking to acquire that piece, that player. Um, you have to be understanding of the fact that it's going to cost you players out the door via the trade to make the numbers work. So one to two forwards and no chance for Alec Martinez. That's the way I see it. If you, if you bring yeah, in, more if, 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 if we bring in somebody like Jack Eichel, it's one to two forwards and no chance to bring in Alec Martinez, which means like uh, Cody Glass, Peyton Krebs uh, uh, have to move up uh, on their, their deals and Dylan Coughlin uh, steps in and plays on the blue line. So that that's the type of situation that you would or disruption to your current lineup. Maybe that's not that's not a big disruption because you're adding such a a, a massively skilled player in Jack Eichel who has something to prove and et cetera. The, the, the question with Eichel is always going to be how long are you going to have him for because mm-hmm. it, it, not because of his contract but uh, because of his a back injury, and w- will you have him at the start of the year? Uh, when will you get him at some point next year? And how healthy he's going to be? That, but that's an aside uh, for for this. So, given what we said, are the Golden Knights better to stick with what they have at center ice and hope that uh, that a Glass or, or a Krebs or somebody along that that line uh, move up? And be able to fill fill the void, like no no six not not there. I, I know he's uh, his term is up. Um, mm. I think that there's there's a place for him here, but uh, like there's Patrick Brown, like there's there, none of those players are going to move up. So your option is bring somebody in, or stick with Stevenson and Carlson and make one of those two your number one centers, or or Nick Wah. So. The way that I see it is you give Cody Glass and Peyton Krebs a legitimate shot to win the job. That's that's where I go. I, I look at I look at Peyton Krebs. I was impressed with, with what he was able to do in the handful of games that he got into. I, I think that he's just one of those players that has shown an ability to to um you know, get the most out of his game and make that next step every step of the way. So I, I think you, you stick with what you have. You know that you've got a really solid team. I think Alec Martinez, signing Alec Martinez is, is incredibly important just based on how well he fit in and how much that 
that top four in terms of defense were, were able to to roll in the playoffs. Um, but you know, for like for me, I I don't think you need to make the big splash. You've made the big splash year after year after year. Maybe it's time you look for on the on in terms of forwards, your young players, your drafted players to come in on an entry level deal and make an impact. Well, at some point you're going to have to do that. So, I mean, the the idea isn't out of left field to start that now. They've I done just, it on the blue line, right? What's that? They've done it on the blue yeah, line the yeah. last couple of years. But, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, 100%. I mean, you, you look at this organization from day one, they have always gone out and gotten what they feel they need to improve. They went out and got Mark Stone. They went out and got Max Pacioretty. I mean, that was the second season of this franchise. That's coming off of going to a Stanley Cup final. They go out and get those guys because it made Leonard, them better. Petrangelo, yeah. Yeah, Alex Petrangelo, mm-hmm. yeah. add him. I mean, they've always... Martinez. Robin Leonard. You know, they've always felt that they've needed to go out and, and, and they've gotten that guy that they feel gives them the best chance to win, which is why I don't think they sit pat. It's just not in the DNA of this franchise yet. Just how much can you really improve? Well, I mean, it depends. As opposed to, as opposed to giving the opportunity from within. I think it depends who you can get, too. Well, it, it, it depends on what, what holes are you creating, right? Like, if you go out and get Jack Eichel, what holes are you creating by what you're subtracting off of the, the, the roster, and who's ready to jump in and take care of that? Like, when, when you say it's probably going to cost you a couple of players and you're not going to have a chance to re-sign Alec Martinez, does that mean that, like, when you look at Zach Whitecloud, is he ready to jump up into top, into you know, uh, top four pairing uh, minutes. Mm-hmm. If he is, then then I think that you can kind of reconcile that in your mind. But if you don't think that 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 player is ready to take the next jump, then I don't know how much better are you going to be, especially if Jack Eichel's not going to be available because of of the injury. And then the other thing, like if you're creating holes in your top six, is Alex Tuck if 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 he's you know one of the pieces that that stays or doesn't go in the trade is he ready to take that next step to be a top 6 forward to be relied upon game after game night after night to score goals like those are the questions you have to answer before you can say i'm all in on a player like jack eichel right just wanted to go down the uh, the path and and sort of complete the exercise of the biggest conversation topic off the elimination was the perceived need for a true number one center. And I think it's very likely that you'll see the same group. I mean, it's not guaranteed, but it's it's likely that those those between Chandler Stevenson and William Carlson will be your center. So we have one-timers coming up next. Uh, update from Game 3, the Stanley Cup Final, plus uh, the another contract uh, that was signed a long-term contract as teams are locking up their players and the AAVs are pretty reasonable uh, from what uh, we've been able to tell from Edmonton and then today's news. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot and he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. All right, I teased it. Uh, Chris Chapman owes me lunch and it took all of, and I'm not even talking like we're talking about the end of hour number one and he threw Mm -hmm. out something ridiculous. And I said, I don't think that that's right because he just threw something up 
out, made it up, and uh, and boom, I didn't even have to check. I just knew that it wasn't right. And in the commercial break between the end of hour number one and the start of hour number two, Ryan Wallace debunked it. It didn't even take any type yeah. of real research. Not that you can't do real no. research, Ryan, but you just Googled it in two and a half minutes. So explain to us exactly what you said, Chapman, and then Ryan mm-hmm. Wallace will offer up the uh, response. Sure, anything to distract from the yeah. fact that there's no ghosts in Montreal right now. But uh, yeah, so I I, th- I I thought it was a legitimate thing. Um, you know, obviously I was wrong, but uh, I said the <laughs> that I Come on. did not think that a team has ever had two goalies. A team is in an NHL franchise has had two goalies represent their respective national teams in the same Olympics. Mm -hmm. As the Vegas Golden Knights may have happened in Beijing in February of 2022. Right. And Mm -hmm. of all the teams to beat me, it was the Buffalo. No, no, no. No. Yeah, come on. I'm the one that Googled it. I'm the one that debunked it. So so in the Mm -hmm. break... Of, of in between me making that comment or before that I said to Darren I said it took me it took me it took me all of 90 seconds to find a a um, an instance where this actually did happen it, it was the uh, <laughs> last Olympics amazing 2000 it was the 2014 Olympics so <laughs> literally the last Olympics where NHL players played in the Olympics Ryan Miller with the Buffalo Sabres, played for Team USA, and his tandem partner on the Sabres, Jonas Enroth, played for Team Sweden. All right. So there you go. That's uh, Chapman. That's, that's, that's very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just also point out that uh, that wasn't the only team? Uh, the Montreal oh, Canadiens with Carey sure Price. Uh, also had uh, two goaltenders on that team with Peter Budai being the other goaltender. Oh wow! Uh, from so there's there's two. Uh, and, oh, can I throw out another team? The same Olympics. Yeah, same Olympics. Do. Oh boy, please yeah. do. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings with Jimmy Howard, who played for Team USA, and Jonas Gustafsson, who played for Team Sweden. Oh, the and, damn Swedes again! Ah. And I'm not all the way through the teams yet. That's the best part. There may be one more. I just have to uh, continue scrolling. Uh, so you you said it's probably never happened. The most recent Olympics, yes. we know that it's happened at least three times, which is yep. further proof that Chapman just makes stuff up, throws it out there, and if we don't call him on it, then it just stands yep. there as fact. Yep. Good job, Chapman. Well done. I legitimately still asked. Less, I, still less You didn't ridic- ask. You, you stated. It's, I don't think I stated. It's still less ridiculous than ghosts, yes. but still ridiculous. I think yeah. I, I think I, I, I said it's, it seems like it would be something that would be very rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, you That's said exactly. I don't think it's ever happened before. Yeah. Uh, the ghosts yeah. are going uh, to need uh, a big second uh, half of this game. Because halfway, not even halfway through the first period, the Tampa Bay Lightning are already up a pair on the road 
against the Montreal Canadiens, trying to move to a three games to none advantage in the Stanley Cup final. A couple of screen goals getting past a Carey Price. And Andre Vasilevsky's barely touched the puck or had the puck in his zone. And it, here's the bad part for Montreal is it was almost 3 nothing. Carey Price had to reach back and make a great save. So a couple of uh, shots finding their way through for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Two Cobb. Time now for the... I, I wasn't sure the ghosts would be required for this game. Mm, I thought Montreal yeah. would be able to take care of business themselves. But the ghosts of the uh, Montreal Canadiens... Will be uh, will be receiving their uh, the page the, the pagers will be going off all over the place for the ghosts and guarantee the 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 ghosts still use pagers yeah because in it's case so you're wondering like who uses pagers anymore so 1993 how do, yeah, they, exactly. how do they hold on to the pagers exactly how do they hold on to the pagers well they're okay uh, um, paranormal paid pagers in oh so they can they can hold on to pagers but they can't cross a board an imaginary border to get I'm into telling the you man no I, I it's totally no it totally makes a lot of sense you're just, you're really honest something here wait I, although I I will give you credit for saying Carey Price made a really good save to keep it from being three nothing as opposed to saying the ghost controlled his stick and got that puck out of no the way. ghost well the ghost way to give way to give credit where it's due the ghost it. and it is three teams that had uh Three NHL teams that had multiple <laughs> goaltenders uh, playing in the 2014 Olympic Games, uh, the last time that NHL uh, participated in the Olympic Games. But that, that like, Ooh. you must feel bad, Chapman. Three out of three out of twelve. That's not a, three that's out of twelve. Yeah. And you thought, I wondered if it had ever happened before. It, you, and and, and, and if we go back, I'm, I'm sure there there will be less. So it, it's still fairly rare. Three out of twelve. That's only 25. percent That's not that's not very good it's not a good number in one tournament that's fine there's been five tournaments okay so so if we do the law of averages that's what 15 out of i can't do uh 12 times what is that 45 so 15 (laughs) compared to zero doesn't uh do well for you chapman Uh, if it happened once you would be so incredibly wrong it's happened three times in one olympics and it was the last olympics where nhl players played you're so incredibly wrong here. Joel Erickson Eck, the most recent player to sign an eight-year extension with his National Hockey League team, saw it uh, earlier in the week with the Nuge uh, in Edmonton. Joel Erickson Eck gets a $42 million contract with the Minnesota Wild, AAV of $5.25 million. Is this a hometown discount for the 24-year-old who was all-world? 19 goals uh, this year uh, was very good against the Golden Knights in that first round series. Um, I don't know if it's a hometown discount as as much as it just simply kind of where contracts are in a flat cap post COVID. Like I think this is kind of like where where the market's kind of resetting itself to. And um, you know, for me, Joel Eriksson Eck. That that's a, a long term deal. I think it, it's it's awesome for the player that he was able to lock in on a long term deal. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think the world of the player. I, I really do. I love the way he plays the game. He is nasty on the ice in all the right places, and uh, you know, it, it's it's good for the Minnesota Wild to lock him up for as long as they did at the cap hit they did. Joel Erickson Eck in his previous three years scored six goals and these are full seasons six goals Mm -hmm. seven goals eight goals went up to 19 goals 
So what changed? I can tell you. His shooting percentage went from four to six to seven to 16. So what's the aberration? Is it the six goals, seven goals, eight goals in a season with shooting percentage of four, six, and seven? Or is it the 19 goals with a shooting percentage of 16%? The hometown discount now looks more like both team and player hedged their bet a little bit and and got a $5 million cap hit out of a player that could could end up being a 10-goal guy or could end up being a 30-goal guy. Yeah, I mean, you you always, it, like at this stage, right, you're signing on what you think what the projection's going to be. And I, I again, think Joel Eriksson-Eck is likely going to be closer to the 20-goal guy we saw this year. But mm. I don't know. We'll see. See, it, it could end up being, even at $5 million, if he's a 10-goal guy, that's not good enough at $5 million. No. But yeah. part of me wonders whether Erickson Eck thinks that this past season was an outlier. Because if you if, if, if you think that you're going to be a 35-goal 30, guy, then you make this a bridge deal. You make this two, mm-hmm. three-year deal. You don't go eight. Because if you can if you can put back-to-back 30-goal seasons together, then all of a sudden your your monetary value is is eight. Eight over five, You're not six wrong. years. You're not wrong, but at the same time, even if even if it's even if he has full confidence and belief that that he's a thirty goal guy, right? Like he, if he believes that, and, and you want to bet on yourself, beyond just not being able to do it, there are a bunch of other factors. There, there's the risk of injury. There's a lot of different things that kind of play into it. If you have a contract that has forty two million dollars in front of it, I'm I'm likely going to sign it, right? Like, I, it's it's life changing money. I, I I don't fault the player for for. For, for signing the deal. I really don't. I'm greedy. I hold out a little bit. Yeah. Although that's, it's so stressful. Like you don't, you, you, you get your generational wealth and if anything, you get to be angry because you're underpaid. Uh, but you don't have the stress of trying to uh, capitalize on it. And, and uh, that just anxiety. That, that goes with it. Now, the Minnesota Wild also have to sign Kirill Kaprizov. I wonder how much this helps that. If you can use it, one, as a comparable, and number two, just about buying into the whole team concept. The, by the way, the latter part of that, I don't think Kaprizov gives mm-hmm. a darn flying TV about. <laughs> um, no, Kirill Kaprizov has a number in his mind. Mm-hmm. And that number is either going to be met or it isn't. What do you think Kaprizov like, gets? Uh, I mean, I, I would imagine that he wants somewhere in the ballpark of, of seven to eight. Yeah, I think it's more than what you just paid Joel Erickson Eck. Right. A bit more. Now, they also have to sign Kevin Fiala, but mm-hmm. boy, that, like, Compared to the Joel Erickson Act number, uh, the Kirill Capri, like Erickson Act is going to look like a massive deal. 19 goals, five and change 
for the next eight years com compared to Kaprizov, who uh, I don't know whether he signs for eight years. Uh, I'll be curious whether they can avoid the bridge. Minnesota would want to sign him for the eight years, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get a deal done in the one to two year range. Uh, not two, one, but uh, I don't think Minnesota's doing a one year deal. Uh, if they can, if Kaprizov can get a, a three year deal and drive up that number and get through this flat cap stage, that's what I kind of see happening with Kaprizov. A three-year deal, get through the flat cap, and then hits the grand slam. But I still think he's in the seven, seven and a half, eight million dollar range. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the weird part about the Montreal Canadiens, and I, I I'm just those haven't be, shown up yet. No, 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 I haven't shown up. Dominic Ducharme leaves, and they go great against the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Now back, mm -hmm. how much does coaching mean in the National Hockey League, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> when you get to a third, fourth round? And I, I think coaching is I, incredibly important when you prepare your team uh, through the course of a regular season. You've got players in and out of the lineup and, uh, and starting uh, a, pl a playoff, getting, getting going. But and once you get deep in the playoffs, and Pete DeBoer's kind of alluded to this, that you're kind of, your team's not on autopilot, but they're on their own, uh, they know they're in a, into a groove. I wonder how much coaching really impacts in, in a Stanley Cup championship series. I I don't know. I, I think that the Ghosts might have a bigger uh, impact on this series than coaching. Are you being so. serious or are you trying to be funny? Yep. So both? Yeah, you figure it out. It. Which sport do you think has the most impact if you're talking about the playoffs? Basketball? Baseball? Football? Hockey? I think football. Football. I mean, just look I, at the past I'm Super Bowl. I'm inclined to go football. football. Yeah. And then where? Yeah. I think there's a lot of nuances and, and little things in baseball, pitching changes and, and making substitutions at the right time, pinch hitters. I think baseball... Over-managing the game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, well, yep. that was a MO for Tony La Russa for a long time, but uh, I think football, then baseball. Probably basketball. I'd agree with that. And then based on Doc Rivers and Game 7s. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, no. You yeah. know what? That actually yeah. may... That, that sort of makes my point. That basketball may have an impact. Uh, basketball and hockey, maybe you just once you get to that certain stage of the season where the athletes just take control. And I think the athletes in 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 the Golden Knights Montreal series, like you either perform and and light it up or you don't. Well, football also being an outlier in the regard that. Between the Super Bowl, you've got two weeks to prepare for that team you're going to see. So, mm -hmm. obviously, a lot longer of a period of time that you're going to prepare for one game as opposed to a series. Boo. Did I scare you? Boo. <laughs> the Ghosts have made their first impact at the uh, Bell Center in Montreal. It's a 2-1 game in the first period of Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, we will catch up with Chapman as we return to wrap up the week on Fox Sports Las Vegas. In case you're wondering, uh, that was not the appearance by the Ghosts that Montreal, when they hit the board, 
that was not. If it if it happens in this game, it will happen in more unusual fashion than firing one off the post and in. But folks, I mean, it's, it's a two-one game. For Phil Deneau to score. It is very unusual for Phil Deneau to score. But if Phil Deneau scored I from center ice, I thought no, no. Hey, you got to give me some credit here. Like I'm not playing the it's easy game. Yeah, it's fair. Chapman, next week, I want to Boo. give you tips uh, yes. on Japan. Okay? Oh, I'm, I'm I'm prepping. I'm ready for that. Okay, we won't be here on Monday. We'll be so, here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yep. Friday. Four days, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you all good stuff. You can come in on Monday. No, I will not come in we on Monday. We won't be here on Monday. Nope, not right. me either. Uh, and we may have a Stanley Cup championship already decided. Don't know. Uh, enjoy your 4th of July weekend, everybody. Uh, happy holidays.